On today's Hashi, I'm discussing housing inventory, how college football is affecting housing markets, and retail sales report. Today is Monday, December 18th, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the Hashi starts now. I'm glad to be back here with all of you after my mini vacation last week. Thank you, Tom Tool and Trey Serrano for filling in for me on Thursday and Friday. And what a day Tom Tool got to fill in on Thursday, breaking down the Jerome Powell press conference. It was it hurt me. It, it was painful, I will admit, for me to have to miss that day. Uh, but I know Tom did a tremendous job. I actually did the replay and got caught up on it myself while I was away. If you missed any of that, uh, first, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss future, uh, but go back and look at Thursdays. It's a thing of beauty, mostly because the news was so powerful with Jerome Powell for the first time saying that not only are they going to remain uh, paused right now, but that they are finally talking, discussing, strategizing, anticipating, expecting 2024 rate cuts. That is obviously bringing music to a lot of our ears. Uh, those that track the interest rates very closely as we do in housing, but also to the overall economy as the economy is starting to scream. Logan Motoshami, and we cover his stuff every single morning. I'm going to get into the inventory update here in just a minute. Uh, but Logan Motoshami uh, from Housing Wire has been, you know, he's been very, uh, you know, against what the Fed is doing, saying that he's been very, a big proponent saying the Fed is, been too restrictive. The policy has been way too restrictive. Uh, it's creating, you know, chaos for uh, the housing market. It's keeping people out of uh, the opportunity to move and or be a home buyer. Uh, and he and he says that the Fed corrected its mistake. Uh, they didn't go hawkish, but instead made doves cry and bond yields acted correctly sending the 10-year yield below 4% and obviously mortgage rates under 7%. Um, so this is very positive news for mortgage rates. Um, and we will see, obviously, if this continues. Uh, but he did, you know, L Logan did, does go on to say here that, uh, and he's been saying this all year, that if the, um, you know, if the markets believe that the Fed is done cutting rates or done uh, increasing rates and which is obviously the belief now hey they're not going to continue to raise rates they're talking about three cuts next year so now the market overwhelmingly there's a consensus that okay rates are uh going to come down next year it is over the um you know the fight against inflation is here in the last mile okay if, if that's what the markets believe then what Logan says is the after effect is going to be a 30-year fixed rate, a 10-year that comes down and comes down swiftly, okay, and has a way to go down. And so hopefully we're seeing the beginning stages of that. Uh, of course, many of the projections that have come out in the last four weeks have suggested that you know the Fed's tone of higher for longer on rates, that we're going to have a higher interest rate is what will play out in 2024. We have some projections that have us up over 7% for the entire year of 2024 that we've went over in the last four weeks. 
yet we're sitting here today at 6.6 and change. So are they, and they flip-flopped on these projections because remember earlier in the year, these projections for 2024 and the 30-year fixed rate were much lower than these recent updated projections of the last four to six weeks that we've been covering. So are they going to do another heel turn here? And as we get into the beginning of 24 and say, nope, okay, we're, we're going back to original uh, projections and these 30-year fixed rates are going to be lower in 2024? Or do they believe that there's more volatility down the road? Be prepared for either scenario, obviously, in your business. There, we've seen volatility, uh, you know, jack the rates up faster than normal times. They, they As quick as they've come down here uh, in the last week, they've gone up that quickly at times and on, on key pieces of data over the last 18 months. So it, it could go the other way. There's optimism right now that uh, maybe those are behind us. All right, let's get into the weekly report here on, uh, on inventory as broken down by Logan uh, using Altos uh, research housing wire uh, subsidiary. Uh, so weekly inventory change on inventory 546,424 down to 538,000, uh, about 800 there. So fi the 538,000 plus for our weekly inventory active listings from December 8th through the 15th, same week last year, looked like 522,869. So we're year over year remaining positive on inventory. Here we are uh, right now. If you're, if you're on the screen at the 538,767 and the same week last year, we were down here at 521,000. We started our downhill active inventory uh, seasonal decline quicker you know we started it back on october 28th there uh, was the seasonal peak before we started to decline where this year we didn't start coming down till november 17th so it was a few weeks later um and we'll and we'll obviously see how far this will go down demand of course in the last five weeks has gone up as interest rates have been coming down, Mortgage Banker Association reports mortgage applications have gone up each of the last five weeks. It's going to be interesting to see what happens this week and next week, the last two weeks in December, where not much typically happens. Uh, people are kind of just checked out for the holidays, but rates have now come down so low, the lowest point here in months that it, it might be like, okay, I've, I've got to act now. I know the holidays are happening, but it's it could be just my time and you might see this go up a sixth and seventh week on mortgage per uh, mortgage purchase application data. If that if that were to happen, uh, there could be a case to be made that inventory gets down pretty low in January and February as we wait for new listings because if there's significant demand and already low inventory times. Yes, we're we're above last year year over year, uh, but obviously for context, we're nowhere near a healthy market. 2015, uh, you had a million thirty seven thousand active listings so we're half of that right now um and if you've got this increase in demand that's happening albeit yes less than the demand from a year ago certainly uh totally get that but if you have this increase in demand with the limited inventory that we have you could crunch inventory even further in these winter months and we know what happened when that played out 
the beginning of this year. We pushed prices to a new all-time high in 2023, an all-time high that in 22 people just didn't see coming. Many were calling for a price cut. If, if markets are going to rally, um, if the economy is going to have a soft landing here in 2024 and inventory is going to get crunched, it's a pretty safe bet to say that home prices are certainly going to increase. That doesn't mean that inflation is going to go back up. In fact, housing, as we've been saying here for almost month, you know, almost the entire year, uh, housing is going to uh, help bring inflation down. There's a Wall Street Journal article on that today, which I I'm going to get to here before the end of the show. Before we do that, let's just take a look uh, at the new listening data. Uh, new listing data this year, the same week this year, much healthier than the same week last year. Okay, so this past week, 39,613 on new listings, where the same week last year, we were only at 34,973. So almost a full 5,000 more new listings uh, in this past week than this time last year. So uh, last year, you have the uh, red line there, the 2022 at the 35,000 this year here, the maroon line really almost even with what we experienced in 2021. Of course, the next two weeks based off of the trend here in the last three years and proceeding, of course, uh, shows us that we will have a seasonal drop off, a significant drop off in new listings here over the last two weeks. Uh, but year over year, uh, you know, week over week here from last year uh, on new listings, much healthier. And so we'll hope that that trend, the new listing trend, will continue week over week from last year to be better than this year going into 2024, better than the same time in 2023. If we can get some accumulation on the new listings, you just start stacking up more week over week, that'll help with inventory. And that's what we're looking for here in 2024 is is the inventory available to meet the demand that is is there? And as rates come down, more homeowners get comfortable with where those rates are. And they're like, I'm just done waiting. I want to go. There's there's inventory that I like. I'm going to go make that move. And when they buy, uh, they obviously create a sale opportunity. And you have more movement in the market, which could lead to maybe Redfin being right, where you get up over four and a half million transactions by the end of 2024, uh, as opposed to some of these trend, some of these um, projections that have us 4 million or under. Last 25 years, you've really never broken under 4 million home buyers for an extended period of time. That's kind of the bottom here in this country. And we, we obviously sit below that on a seasonally adjusted basis right now at about, about 3.8 million. So uh, any inventory help can and, and interest rate help can obviously in 2024 help that number get back up over 4 million and start trending more, hopefully towards a normal transaction market, um, which it, you know is believed to not come back into the 5 millions for, for quite some time, according to those projections. But again, those projections can be wrong. We'll see what happens with all of these 30-year fixed interest rate projections as we go into uh, next year. Looking at price drops are about 38% um, price cut percentages this, this week. And then over the last few years, you had 2022 at 41%. Uh, so we're still below last year on price drops, and 2021 was only at 26%. So uh, the 38% on price drops would suggest that homes are staying on the market a little bit longer, uh, but not as uh, in a 
dire situation as last year at 41% versus the 38 this year. Okay, so there's your update on all things inventory. I did mention that Wall Street Journal article that dropped this morning. Stay with us till the end of this show. Hit the thumbs up button as we get ready for that. Uh, it validates what we've been saying about inflation here on the hot sheet for the entire year. Before we get to that, uh, let's talk a little bit of college football. It is uh, getting into that college football playoff season. I know college football had a big controversy with their playoffs, but the New York Times uh, just dropped an article and it explores how college football, particularly in small cities, um, that they're heavily reliant on their college sports in these small cities, and it's affecting the housing markets. Okay, so the impact on local residents is an influx of real estate investors buying and building homes for football fans has led to a shortage of affordable housing for local residents throughout the year. The demand for short-term rentals during football season is driving up those rental prices. You know, think about places, you know, they, they highlighted Athens, Georgia, which obviously Georgia football team has won the last couple of uh, national championships. Um, but you know, a smaller community, obviously. And so if, if you want short-term rental, you're going to go build a hotel, you know, for five, six, uh, home games a year, but you know, for folks to go and buy a, a, a single family home, make that a short-term Airbnb, get massive prices from these insane Georgia fans when they go to the football game. Uh, but then also maybe during, you know, graduation time or other key moments of the year, they now have this Airbnb uh, to rent out to families coming to visit or maybe, you know, college when people are just visiting uh, the college campus. Uh, Athens, of course, is not an isolated case. Similar trends are observed in other co college towns, including Auburn, Alabama, Tuscaloosa, uh, Tuscaloosa in Alabama, of course, Gainesville, Florida. Um, you also have Oxford, Mississippi, where college football significantly influences uh, the local economy. Okay, Most of these investors are wealthy alumni identified as the key investors purchasing second homes for short-term rental purposes during the season. I know some folks, you know, Notre Dame is a big, um, obviously a big college football uh, school in, an, in another small town in Indiana. And there's fans all over the place. A lot of Notre Dame fans in the Northeast for whatever reason. Um, but I know some Notre Dame fans that do just this. They went and bought a, uh, a home for them to use, season ticket holders, uh, but also to go ahead and rent out at other key times. But they are take snapping up supply, folks that can afford to own you know these wealthy alumni second or third homes in their lives. And they don't even care if it sits there. They love the football team uh, so much. So investors are overpaying for homes to be used as short-term rentals, making home prices unaffordable for local residents. This in turn is contributing to an affordable housing shortage. You know, for the local residents that are getting, I'd, I'd go get top dollar. I'd, I'd make somebody pay above top dollar. Um, you know, if I'm not, the, if I'm a college football fan, I'm probably going to make it work, right? I'm probably going to figure out a way to keep that house um, from a college, maybe rent out the yard for parking or something like that. But if I don't care about the college games, yeah, I'll just go move to another part of town. I'll get somebody to overpay that wants to be in walking distance to the stadium. And I, I, if I'm not watching the football games, I don't want to deal with everybody there anyways, but that's just me. That's just my personal aptitude. So some cases, state le uh, legislation limits the ability of local governments to regulate short-term rentals where others are obviously uh, trying to put some regulation uh, due to residents expressing concern. Uh, supply of short-term rentals has grown in various college towns, such as a 34 increase in Tuscaloosa over the past year. So some uh, supply is going up 
in certain key areas. Something to look out for as an investor or obviously as a real estate agent in those areas. Uh, something else we're looking out for and we've got today is more uh, data on the economy. And uh, we just released this morning, or oh, I'm sorry, just released at the end of last week, you had retail sales uh, come out in a report rising 0.3% in November. Uh, this is versus expectations for a decline. So a, a little bit hotter than expected uh, data on retail sales, stronger than a 2%, 0.2% decline in October and better than the Dow Jones estimate for a decrease of 0.1%. Sales held up despite a 2.9% uh, slide in receipts at gas stations as any energy prices broadly slumped during the month. Initial claims for unemployment uh, insurance uh, adjusted to 202,000 lower than the 220,000 estimate. So economy continues to be strong. Consumers are showing unexpected strength. Uh, it's a solid start to the holiday season as an inflation is also showing signs of the continued easing. So strong economy, strong consumer, inflation continuing to come down. Uh, are all signs pointing towards that soft landing that even uh, Jerome Powell mentioned last week. Uh, one of the things that can help win the fight against inflation, something we've been talking about since March, uh, is now in the Wall Street Journal officially today. Uh, Nick T from the Wall Street Journal uh, has a tweet here about home buyers killing over from sticker shock. Uh, they might think it's crazy that housing could deliver significant relief on inflation yet that is a reasonable base case for 2024 okay because home buyers might think it's crazy uh because they're looking at those home prices i get that but the home buyers who have now transitioned out of the home buying market and into the rental market wouldn't think it's crazy because they see significant savings when going to rent a house. And there's many buyers that have done that. They've come out of the home buying market. They've gone into the rental market and they've cashed in on significant savings. They've been pushed out of the home buying market by the Federal Reserve, by the restrictive policies of the FOMC. Despite record home prices, housing is about to drag inflation down. Driving the dichotomy are the lagged, uh, lagged effect of slowing rents and the mechanics of how inflation is calculated. Okay, this is something that we've been talking about here on the hot sheet since March. I got to give the credit to Barry Sternlight, Starwood Capital Chairman and CEO, uh, managing over billions, a couple billion, I believe, in assets, 125,000 rental doors. This is, this is a screenshot um, from an appearance on CNBC back in March of this year when Barry Sternlight said that uh, actual rents are plummeting and all at the same time, CPI shelter was continuing to go up and to the right. Barry Sternlight made the uh, the point back in that first quarter of this year that inflation is actually much lower than what we're being led to believe. And so maybe, just maybe now, Jerome Powell and the FOMC realized, uh-oh, inflation is about to drop hard. It's about to drop quick, which is exactly what Barry Sternlight said on CNBC. And now they want to send a signal to the market. We're going to be cutting maybe sooner than you think, probably three times, not, not just the two that uh, pe you know people were betting on. 
because they know how fast this is going to drop as this rental data, which we've been observing all year on the hot sheet, finally catches up to where uh, to where the FOMC is and how they calculate. Uh, so the fight against inflation has reached its proverbial last mile. This is in the journal. And the biggest remaining obstacle is shelter. Every single time we look at the CPI report, obviously shelter is at the top of the list. 25% uh, plus 7%. It makes up about 34% of that CPI data. Okay. Uh, the single most important factor standing in the way being shelter. Uh, it rose 6.5% in the year through November. We talked about that last week when we went over this, the new CPI data. And because it makes up, I said 34, 35%, I'm sorry, of the CPI, it has an outsized impact. Without shelter, inflation in that period would have been 1.4%. The target for the Fed, for the FOMC, is 2%. They keep talking, taking a hawkish stance. Until we get to 2%, we're not going to change course. If you took shelter out, the CPI inflation during the period of um, in the year through November would have been 1.4%, well below the two. They don't, they want some inflation. They don't, they don't want zero inflation. So, you know, 1.4 would be argued as probably too low uh, of an inflation number. The Fed targets a measure, the uh, Personal Consumption Expenditure Index, which weighs prices differently and has been running somewhat below CPI. We're gonna, uh, I think we're gonna get PCE this week. Um, I'll double check on that. All right, home prices obviously rose this year from the year earlier, uh, hitting a record um, at the end of the summer, according to NAR, of course. That uh, though that is well down from the gains, um, you know, happening in 2021. But finally, somebody is saying what Barry Sternlight said back in March, and we've been talking about here on the hot sheet, is uh, watch these home rents, not the home prices. It's rents that are going to bring down inflation. Uh, housing prices prop up overall consumer inflation. But if you look at the consumer price index, excluding shelter, there you go on that dark blue line, well below the 2% target. Uh, instead, CPI uh, has us sitting up just over 3% because we're including, obviously, shelter. Now, uh, is this shelter data accurate? That's the big thing here. Uh, in this Wall Street Journal article, they point towards Zillow saying that past year's rent has growth has fallen to 3.3% through November. There's, you know, Realtor.com, Redfin has us at zero or negative 1%. So I think that's maybe... The worst one to point to right now on rents that I've seen, Zillow's the highest, um, the worst for this argument anyways, maybe the most fair if you want to just point towards uh, the highest one. But uh, the slowing of the rent growth takes time to show up in the CPI. I've been saying this. Uh, most tenants' rents change just once a year, and it lags what a tenant would pay on the new leases. So the rent changes, then those leases, that data gets into like COSAR or some other places, um, and it's after the fact. And so this, this information is lagging. To capture what the typical tenant experiences, CPI measure of tenant rent includes new and existing leases and therefore will tend to lag behind measures of the new leases only. If you were just going to take a measurement of new leases right now 
and not factor in the existing old leases, rent would be even lower, is what this is saying. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics surveys cohorts of properties at six-month intervals, then calculates the price change using a six-month moving average, adding to the lag in data. That's for a tenant's rent. That makes up 7.7% of the CPI. Okay, so 7.7% of CPI is what I just explained for tenants' rent. Now, for owner-occupied housing, this makes up 25.8% of CPI. Okay, so over a fourth of CPI. Uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics calculates so-called owner-equivalent rent. I've ranted and raved about this for a long time, all year. It's equal to the hypothetical rent. This is straight out of the Wall Street Journal. This is the definition, guys, of owner equivalent rent. Equal to the hypothetical rent a homeowner would pay to rent their own house based on similar rental properties in their area. For that reason, it is influenced more by rents on single family homes, the majority of the U.S. housing stock, than on apartments. This isn't saying when you survey a homeowner, you know, is are there any affordable options in your, you know, rental options in your market? This is saying, what would your, you're not a property manager. Uh, you're not a rental expert. You're a homeowner. You might have lived in your home for 15 years. What would your house rent for? And they shoot out a number. Okay. Uh, the BLS doesn't use home prices because it considers a, uh, home, a long-term investment, as well as a consumer. Good. So that's not, home prices are not in inflation for that reason. If your home is worth a hundred thousand more, your monthly payment doesn't change. So that makes a lot of sense. Obviously it's not on the market either. So even as good prices stop declining, cooling rents should keep putting downward pressure on inflation next year. Alan Detmeister, an economist at UBS estimates that the shelter component of CPI inflation will fall to 3.75% at the end of 2024, sitting at 6.5%. And it makes up 35%. So this is going to be a significant you know, drop-off on inflation. That gives you a little bit more time for the lags and rents to trickle into the data. He said, at that point, there will be little inflation left to fight. If you, Here's the big quote. If you have those rents finally coming down, it's over. And so this is the sentiment, I think, that a lot of the market is feeling right now, especially those like a Barry Sternlight who has data at his fingertips. He models this out over 125,000 rental units across the country that uh, Starwood Capital you know, controls. Uh, when you understand this component, you can make a pretty safe bet that inflation is over. Uh, we will get to that 2% mark. In 2024, we're beating a lot of the estimates that would say we'd wait till 2024. This is just one belief. I'm not saying this is going to happen. This is one belief. Uh, and at that time, the economy is going to rip. You're going to start to see the Fed uh, definitely make the three cuts they mentioned last week, but maybe even more as they will try to stimulate the economy uh, back the other direction and get more liquidity in the economy. Also, that this lines up with, you know, let's just call it what it is. Typically going into November, you know, which 2024 November would be an election year, you, you want to have a economy that is moving, uh, that is stable, that is seen as being reliable to the American voter. 
Fed officials are aware of this uh, piece of information. Hasn't seemed like it, but the Wall Street Journal says they're aware of this. And it's one reason the central bank signaled in the past week it may cut rates next year. Activity in the housing se sector has flattened out and remains well below the levels of a year ago, Fed Chair Jerome Powell obviously said during his meeting, as covered by Tom Tool on last week's hot sheet. So uh, finally, you start to see uh, the data uh, getting to where it needs to get to. It doesn't matter if it gets here. It needs to get to the FOMC. You see markets like this, Seattle, Tacoma, Metro, area housing inflation, and year-over-year -year rent changes. You've got housing inflation there for the area, um, up over the 6.5% national number, but yet apartment list rest rent estimates are in the negative. So sooner this data can catch up, I think the sooner we'll actually see those rate cuts that Jerome Powell mentioned last week come to fruition. Let's see where we're at on the 10-year. 10-year now here sitting uh, again below 4%, 3.961. So, so far to begin this week, uh, we are keeping the, that drop that we experienced last week. We'll hope to see the same thing in the 30-year fix. Obviously, last week we ended the week at 6.64 after the big drop on Thursday of 6.62. The Freddie Mac 30-year uh, fixed weekly at 6.95 last week. Uh, this is a beautiful thing here over to the right of the chart, seeing uh, the huge decrease on 30-year fixed. Subscribe to this channel and hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of our hot sheets. And uh, to make sure that you get access to all of our show notes from every single hot sheet, as well as our daily downloads and all of the charts, each and every sing single day, you got to be a BMX member. So Make sure you use code HOT to get 10% off of BAMX. I will see you back here tomorrow. And until then, toodle up.